Shalom, and thank you for listening to our podcast. I'm Shmuley Yanklowitz, the president and dean of Valley Beit Midrash. At VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning, bringing cutting-edge ideas and innovative and pluralistic Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion, but we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and the world. Please visit www.valleybaitmidrash.org. Thank you so much, and enjoy the program. the idea of machloket. Machloket is dispute, disagreement. And uh, I would like to actually to um, investigate the idea of how can we deal with, uh, you know, one of the popular values in our society is tolerance, openness, and uh, respectful to everyone, etc. But basically tolerance, and uh, it's, it's quite easy to speak about this kind of, of ideas when you live in a secular world. When you believe in, in certain ideas and commitments, is it possible to speak about tolerance, about respecting each other, when you believe that you have the truth? So uh, I would like to speak about this notion, this idea, and to see how Chazal dealt with this uh, problem. So we'll start with Mekor. Uh, hi. Uh, in source number one, uh, speaks about machloket in Masechet Avot. I'll read the Hebrew version, and someone will volunteer to read the English one. Masechet Avot says like this: Kol machloket shi leshem shamayim sofa lihitkayem, v'sheina leshem shamayim ein sofa lihitkayem. Okay, maybe someone will read the two uh, first lines in English. Okay, any. Any controversy waged in the service of God shall in the end be of lasting worth, but any that is not shall in the end lead to no permanent result. Okay. Um, I, I can't deal with the translation, but <laughs> the, the, word, the, the phrase L'Shem Shamaim is uh, literally of the name of God, of Hashem, Shem Shamaim. This machloket will be, it came, will be exist. And now Shem Shamaim and Sofa Litkem will, will disappear, will, will, will um, no permanent uh, result, but uh, will not, uh, will not um, uh, uh, last, uh, will, will not stay in our world. Ezoi Machloket Shem Shamaim, which kind of controversy is in the, in the name of heaven? Zo Machloket Hillel Veshamai, that until now we know about Hillel Veshamai, about their opinions. And Ezoi Machloket Shelole Shem Shamaim, so, so here, trying to tell us that Machloket Hillel Veshamai, the two great Tanaim, this is the example of the ideal Machloket. But there is a different source in Yerushalmi, in the Talmud Yerushalmi, Jerusalem Talmud in Masechet Shabbat, that tells us something very, very weird and very, actually, uh, uh, um, Worried, and it tells us uh, about uh, the Mishnah. It says like this: source number two. So maybe someone will read source number two. And these are some of the regulations. 
These are some of the regulations enacted in the attic of Hananiah ben Hizkiah ben Gurion. Ben Gurion. Okay, the yes. The rabbis came to visit him. They called the roll and found the disciples of Shammai were more numerous than those of Hillel. And they enforced 18 regulations. Okay, he's not telling us about a specific case when they dealt with halacha issues, and then they had to decide what is halacha. So they counted the people. And Rabu Talmidei Bet there were more Bet than Bet And then what happened? Okay, please go, keep going. The Gemara. That day was tragic for Israel, like the day the calf was made. The golden calf was made. Yes. Rabbi Yehoshua Unaya taught. The students of Beit Shammai stood on the bottom and killed the students of Beit Hillel. We have learned six of them were Okay, that, that's enough. Yeah. They are telling us something terrible that happened. That since Talmudah Beit Shammai realized they are going to lose their majority, they tried to kill, or maybe they killed actually, the students of Hillel. So no matter if it's historically it's true or not, there are some people that say that it's related to a, a real issue that happened uh, regarding the, the if this, to support Bar Kokhba or not. But I'm not I'm not trying to go, to go to the historical issue. If if it's not uh, uh, realistic, the idea he telling us here that this machloket was came to a tragic situations when they almost or maybe really killed each other. So now I would like to ask a question. This source, is it contradict the first source? Or before it, I, 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 okay, before it, I have another question. Sorry about it. The first question I have to what does it mean, machloket l'shem shamayim? What is the meaning of machloket, a dispute or, or, or conversary, in the name of heaven, in the name of God? L'shem shamayim, what does it mean? What's the definition of it? Do you have any idea about it? I, I think on the most basic level, it means you've transcended ego. Meaning? Meaning, meaning it, there is an element. Le gu, le we just deal with the issue itself without any egos, without any interest, just purely because you really deal with the issue by itself. And what is Shalom Shem Shamayim? When you involve your own needs, interests, ego, etc. Okay? This is the common explanation, definition of L'Shem Shemaim, controversy that is to the point itself, purely to the point, this is Machloket L'Shem Shemaim, and Shelo L'Shem Shemaim, it's Machloket, everyone has his own ego, interest, etc. So, so now I would like to ask you, is it, the second uh, uh, source in the Yerushalmi, is it contradict the first one, that apparently there is a contradiction, because the first source we, saw, we, have, we have learned that Machloket uh, Hillel v'Shamay was the ideal Machloket. Shesofal it came that will uh, last forever. And the second source are telling us that Machloket v'Shamay v'Tilel, they came to a tragic uh, event that even they all almost killed each other. So apparently there is a contradiction between them. But I'm trying to say that not. Why? Think about it for a minute. Is it contradict each other? Really? Necessarily? I believe they do. In this case, they're transgressing the will of Hashem. They can't, by definition, be seeking Hashem's will. If you're committing murder, really, really, don't you don't you know people that believe that they are doing things on the name of God? Okay, okay. 
Okay. It says flat out. Did you hear about it? In our world, people are doing, in the name of God, the most terrible things. In the name of Allah, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Hashem, they our Hashem. They to themselves if they said they were doing a nishma. Okay, okay. So, basically, these sources are not contradiction. I would say it's quite the opposite. Oh, right, right, right. is more dangerous. More dangerous. Why? When you come just with your own interests or ego, you can say, okay, I can't compromise. Because it's not, I'm not acting in the name of God. It's not, I know, I don't know the truth. I'm just, you know, I have my needs, so we can't find any sort of compromise. But when I believe that I'm doing what I'm doing, because I have the truth, the divine truth in my side, what are the limits? I can do whatever I what, what happened in, after the golden calf? What happened? Do you remember what happened after the golden calf? After Moshe went down from Sinai and he realized that I worship the golden calf. What did he do, Moshe? Yeah, he smashed the, the golden calf. And what else did he do afterwards? He said, who for God is to me? And what did they do? It was kind of civil war. They killed 3,000 people that worship the golden calf. So when the Gemara says, Oto ayom Israel, this day was like the day of the golden calf, they said, but Shammai believed that they are doing what Moshe have done. As Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, as he killed the, worship, uh, uh, the worshippers to, 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 the, to the golden calf, and we know the truth. You are mistaken. You are di distorting the Jude what is Judaism about. And therefore, we have to kill you. And therefore, there is no contradiction between these two mekorot uh, uh, sources. Because they are telling maybe Sofalit Kayem will have it for many, many generations. It will exist. But it is very dangerous, Machloket, because when you believe that you are doing what you are doing, not just because of you, because you know that you are, you are acting on the name of Hashem, what are the limits? Ken, okay, Bakasha. Okay. To me, there is an easy distinction. There is? An easy distinction. Yeah, what, what is it? The easy distinction is this. Moses spoke to God. Uh, there was no, there was no question of his authority. He was God's agent. Okay, and we have this book called the Torah. Okay, where that was written down because that's very rare. Very rare. Okay, okay. Okay, and there are other instances in the Torah. Okay, so such things are written down. But I say to people that say to me, I'm acting for God. I say to them, How do you know? Where is your book? You know, I, I have read the Torah. I don't see your the book of Henry in here. Mm -hmm. You know, where where is it? Show me that, and then I will. Then I will have more credence. Okay, so now I'm going to make your life a little bit more complicated. Okay, Moshe, you're right. Yeah. He had the right direction with Hashem. A local, uh, local talk with Hashem. It was in his area. It was close to God, close to Hashem. Okay. But what about one of our festivals that we are celebrating every year is Hanukkah. What happened in Hanukkah? When Matityahu, he was jealous 
in the name of God, and he killed the Mithyaven. How do you say Mithyaven? This guy, the Jew that uh, worships the, the Roman, the, the Greek uh, uh, idol. And he began any sort of civil war against the Jews that were ready to accept the Greek uh, 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 culture. And we celebrate their victory. He didn't have. He didn't have a, 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 a ruach. He didn't have nevuah like Moshe Rabbeinu. We celebrate and the miracle of that the oil lasted longer, seven days longer than it was supposed to. Yeah, yeah, but nachon. But the the the, the miracle with the with the oil. This is the smallest issue. The main issue of Hanukkah is the victory of the Hashmonaim, and they acted in the name of God, and we celebrate their victory. You know what? I'll, I'll make it even more hard. About more than 25 years ago, before Robin was assassinated, I had a, I had a, had a chat with one of the very extreme uh, figures in, in Israeli society. And he told me, you know, there is a notion in Israeli society that says that civil wars, this is a red line. And whatever will happen, we'll never do such a thing. Left, right, whatever. This is the most terrible thing because this can destroy this country. And this is a Bemet, something that all the Israelis basically almost uh, will agree with. So he told me, this extremist, he's a religious guy, who says that really civil war, this is a red line. Here you have Moshe Rabbeinu, here you have Hashmonaim in Hanukkah. Sometimes there is just a justification. If someone will decide to give up, Yerushalayim, uh, or whatever, Hebron, or Shechem, this is, in my eyes, this is a, a reason for a civil war. I will, will take weapon and I, I will fight for it. And he said something like this, and I will listen carefully. Bakasha, please. There is a notion in, in Halakha that says, some, for some sins you have to be ready to sacrifice your life. Yeharek v'al okay? Like adulation, adultery, Murdering, etc. This is something that if even if someone, all the mitzvot, if someone force you to 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 um, to make sin, you have to make the sin and to save your life. Can okay? to eat chazir, to mechalel Shabbat, Yom Kippur, etc. But if someone will force you to idol worship or adultery or uh, murdering, you have to say, I'm not doing it, even if you will kill me. So he said something like this. Maybe I say it in in Ivrit, and I, then I. Okay, you will translate it, please. Uh, as just as you should be willing to uh, sacrifice your life to die, in to, die to, uh, to die in order not to trans to trans trans transgress. Sometimes so, so you have to. Yeah, maybe sometimes you have the, you have to you have to kill someone in order in order to prevent such a terrible sin. Like, like you are be you have to be ready sometimes to to be ready to to die. Maybe you have the permission or maybe even the commandment Nobody to kill. That, right? That's new, right? No, no, definitely it's a mistake. Why? Yeah, yeah. Because one of the things that it is yarig is murdering. So it's, logically, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. 
Do you understand me? It cannot be because one of the things that you are not allowed to do, even if someone force you in the price of your life, is murdering someone else. So it's, it's obviously it's a mistake. It's, it's a distortion. There's no th such a thing. But what, what, he, what, what was his point? He says, you can, you can see Moshe Rabbeinu, he slaughtered, he, he killed all the uh, idol worshippers of, of the golden calf. And, and uh, Matityahu, he did this war against the Mityavnim. So maybe sometimes we have to fight against the Chilonim, the lefties, or whatever in Israel, if they will be ready to do so and so. So obviously it's, it's a terrible thing today. I, I think after Rabin was assassinated, no one will even dare to, to say such a thing. No, I mean, normative person will not say such a sentence. Maybe there are people that think like this, but no one will, will, will say these words. But what I'm trying to say, when we're dealing with ideology and with religion, this machloket, this dispute, this uh, controversy is, and, and we're doing it in the name of God, and you are pure in your interest, you don't have ego, let's say, and, and interest or something, like that, it's very, very dangerous. So now we have to see how Chazal dealt with this danger. Okay? So let's go on. Let's see. Okay, we can skip now source number three because uh, it just uh, the perik in Sefer Shemot that, are, uh, that is telling us uh, what Moshe did, uh, committed after the. L l just see uh, verses uh, uh, number uh, seven, uh, tw 27. Can okay? he say to, and to them, Moshe Rabbeinu, when, when he realized that they are, they are, uh, they are dealing with, with the golden calf? Can. Okay, please. And he said unto them, Thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, Put ye every man his sword upon his thigh, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. Okay, then? And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moshe, and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's very problematic, isn't it? Except for the fact that Hashem told him, Moshe, okay. even the best lawyer is not going to help you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when I, as a rabbi, have to deal with my Talmudim, my students, about, you know, you believe in God, you have certain things that you believe in, and you are very eager about it, you're very strong about it, very determined about it, how to deal with it? And not to come to such a trouble situations. So let's see what Chazal taught us about it. Okay, so now I'm going to a Tosefta, source number four, it's a Tosefta. Tosefta is a Tanaic source uh, that uh, it's not written in the Mishnah, but it's a Tosefta. It's, it's, uh, it's one of the Tanaic, uh, the, the, some of the Tanaic words that uh, Rabbi Yudha Nasi, that was the editor of the Mishnah, he didn't put it in the, in the Mishnah, so it's Rabbi Chia put it in the Tosefta. And he speaks about the Machlokot of Bet Shabbat Bet of Bet Hillel. There are many, many uh, uh, controversies uh, and, and, and Machlokot between Bet Shabbat and Bet Hillel all over the Mishnayot. And they say something like this. Okay, even though, please, so it's not before. Even though they forbade and they permitted, they did not refrain from using their Taharot upon the others to fulfill what it says. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the hearts. Okay. Says something very interesting. Although they disagreed about very, very severe issues in halacha, let's say, put it in our, in our words, they still uh, relayed on the kashot of the other side. 
They still eat with each, uh, each other, and they still uh, uh, rely, although they disagreed about question of kashut, of, of the food, for example, but they still live together, and they found a way how to lismoch al tarot. Why? Lekayem ha'shenemar, and he brings the pasuk from Mishlei, kol derech ish zach ve'inav, okay? A, 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 a man is right in his own eyes, Every way of a man is right in his own way, but the Lord weighs the hearts. And afterwards we'll come back to this Pasuk to try to understand how they took out from this Pasuk, from this verse, the idea of, of tolerance in a way, that, that, they can, that they can rely on each other uh, and, and eat from his uh, kashos. But, but let's see now what the Gemara, how the Gemara, the Talmud, uh, uh, they dealt with this a, a issue of the Tosefta. So let's see, please, source number uh, five. Come in here. Although Beit Shemai and Beit Hillel are in disagreement on the questions of rivals, okay. sisters, an old bill of divorce, a doubtfully married woman, a woman whom her husband had divorced and who stayed with him over the night in an inn, money, valuables, a peruta, and the value of a peruta, Beit Shammai did not, nevertheless, abstain from marrying women of the families of Beit Hillel, nor did Beit Hillel refrain from marrying those of Beit Shammai. This is to teach you that they showed love and friendship towards one another, thus putting into practice the scriptural text, love ye, truth, and peace. Reb Shimon said they abstained from marrying, and in cases of certainty, but did not abstain in doubtful cases. Okay, this source in the Talmud, take it one step furthermore. And he says, you know, the Bet Shammai Bet Hillel have machlokot disagreements about a, a list of issues, some of them the most severe issues in halacha. Just for example, the issues of mamzerut. What is mamzer? Mamzer is someone that, uh, a, a, a woman, she has relation with someone else, and they had a baby. This baby, this child is mamzer. Unfortunately, he's not the one to blame, but he cannot marry a, a wife from, from Am Israel. So this kind, this question of Mamzerut is the most terrible, very, very severe issues in Halakha. Although they disagreed about questions of Mamzerut, they still married each other, Bet and Bet And in a minute, the, the Yerushalmi will ask, how, how did they do it? But they, they actually did it, why? Because of the Pasuk in Zechariah, Ha'emet, you have to love the truth and the peace. So how did they understand this pasuk? Basically, there is a contradiction sometimes between emet and shalom. Between the truth and the idea of shalom, of living together. So how did they understand? Zechariah said, emet But they understood from this pasuk that sometimes the shalom is stronger than Haimet. They, they explain this pasuk, although there is a truth, Haimet, bechol zot hashalom e'avu. Although, it doesn't say, it's not the pshat of the pasuk, the first meaning of the pasuk. The, the, the pshat of the pasuk, the first meaning, it says, you have to love both of them, Haimet and Shalom. But sometimes there is a contradiction between them. So we understand, no, Haimet, ve'ashalom e'avu. Ashalom is a gover, is over, overcome, how to say, is overcome, on, on, the, on the emet. It's more important than the emet, the shalom. But, you know, but 
It's a question of mabzerut. How can you do it? How can you lay? How, how can you let your son to marry a, 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 a girl from Bechamai that, according to your own opinion, she is mamzerut, she is mamzeret, or the other side? So the Yerushalmi asked this question, and let's see what, what he's doing with it. Okay, let's go to the uh, next source in number four. Bechamai did not, nevertheless, abstain. Uh, okay, marrying from marrying women of the families of Beit Hillel nor did Beit Hillel refrain from marrying those of Beit Shammai. Thus putting into practice the scriptural text, love you, truth, and peace. Okay, this is uh, the same quotation from the, from the uh, Tosefta. And now, now comes the Yerushalmi itself and says, this, yes, okay, the... Um, this leads to Mamzerut, and you say this? How can you say this, that they married each other? This leads to Mamzerut, how can you say And now he brings an example how it, it becomes... Mamzer, because of the disagreement of Bechamai and Betilei, just read the lines and it seems, it, it, it looks like it's very complicated and difficult, but in a minute you will see it's quite clear. Okay, please just keep going. What did they do? They first gave a peruta, which is a small coin, and the second a dinar, which is a large coin. According to Bechamai, she is married to the second, and the child of the first is a mamzer. According to Beit Hillel, she is married to the first, and the child of the second is a mamzer. Okay, I'll, I'll try to explain it. One of the very famous machlokot between Bechamai and Betilel, what is the minimum uh, value of a coin when you make Hidushin to Isha? You know, when you be Mekadesh Isha, you have to give her, we do it with a ring, but basically, originally, you have to give her uh, some, something that's valuable. So, according to Beit Hillel, the minimum value is pruta. Let's say this is just a shekel. And according to, uh, to Bechamai, this is a dollar, a, 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 a pruta. And a, what is the name of the other one? Um, dinar. Dinar, dinar. This is uh, more, uh, okay. Is this, uh, this is something that uh, the price is, is more. Okay. So now, what happened one day? Let's, I'll tell you a story. I'll put it in extreme conditions, but it can happen in the reality. Afterwards, I'll bring some, some examples. But, but right now, let's say that we have a woman. Let's call her for our story. Uh, the nice name of Zeresh, okay? This Zeresh, this Geveret, uh, eight o'clock in the morning, she met Reuven. And, she, and they fall in love with each other. And Ruben said to her, okay, you know what? Let's, I, I will be Mekadesh you. And he gave her a pruta. And he said to her in front of two witnesses, Now I'm asking you, you are the Chachamim. Is she married, is she, is she Mekodeshet or not? Sure, according to which opinion? Betilel. Betilel says the pruta is enough. But according to Betshamai, She's not Pekodeshit. She's still single. Because it wasn't a dinar, it just was pruta, the small coin. Okay. Two hours later, she met Shimon. And she told Shimon, therefore I called her Zeresh, okay? She told Shimon, you know what? You're much nicer than Ruven. I want to marry you. And he gave her a dinar, and he said to her in front of two witnesses, Arei at Pekodeshit, li bedinar zo. Is she Mekodeshet or not? Oh, so, according to Betilel, she Mekodeshet to the first one, to Ruven. Yes, because he was the first one. He gave her a, a pruta, and this is a valid according to Betilel, and therefore she is Mekodeshet to Ruven. But according to Bet Shammai, she was single at 10 o'clock. 
because the pruta was nothing, according to Bet Shammai. It's less than the minimum. And therefore, she's Mekudeshet to who? To Shimon. Are you with me? Okay, this is not the end of the story, just the beginning right now. Okay, so this lady said, oh, what did I do? Now Reuven and Shimon, so I'm, I'm married to Reuven or to Shimon, so they say, okay, everything is okay. Oh, everything is okay, we'll find, we'll, we'll find a way, we'll find a way that you can. So uh, she lived a year with Reuven, and after nine months, she had a very sweet baby. Let's call him Zalman. And uh, in the second year, she lived with Shimon. And after nine months with him, she had Kalman. So we have two sweet babies. One is Zalman and one is Kalman. And now let's investigate what are their positions halakhically. Okay? Keep you in your mind. According to Bet Hillel, the first one, Zalman, is a kasher. He's okay, because Reuven, he's his father, and Zeresh, his mother, this was a valid Kedushin, and she is kasher. He is kasher, but what about Kalman? He's Mamzer, because his wife, she was married to Reuven, and she had sex with Shimon, and now he is Mamzer, Shimon. But according to Betshamai, quite the opposite. Kalman is a kasher, and Zalman is a Mamzer. Are you with me? Yeah. So we have these two... Uh, sweet kids that according to Betilel, one is Mamzer, one is Kasher, and according to Betilel, it's the opposite. So ask the Gemara, how can you say that they, because of the Pasuk in Zechariah, they can marry each other? There is a question of Mamzerut here. How could they marry each other? Okay? This is a question of the Gemara. So let's go back to the Gemara. <laughs> Sorry? No, she's married. No, no. No. The first kid is a mamzer? The first kid? No, no, because you didn't listen to the story. I said 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. They, they were together after the Kiddushin of Beit Shammai as well. Oh. You know? You understand me? No, no, the Meshane. No, 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 the Meshane. He made the Kiddushin, but he, he didn't touch her until Beit Shammai did his Kiddushin. Uh, okay? okay? I say 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock in the morning. And they, 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 they weren't together between 8 and, and, and 10. No, 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 from someone that is normal, there's no mom's rule. Just from someone that she's married. Someone that just, just uh, men and women that are living together they, and have a child is kasher lecholadeot. It's not the right thing to do, but he, the, the child is kasher. Just if she's married and without get have relations with someone else, then the child is mamzer. Okay? So let's go back to the Gemara. Hi, this is Shmuley Yanklewitz. I hope you've been enjoying and learning something new from this podcast. I certainly am. If you have a moment, please consider making a contribution at www.valleybatemidrash.org. Thank you so much, and now back to the learning. So the question is, how can you tell me that they live together and they don't restrain to, to uh, abstain to, from marrying a, a woman from the other side? There is a question of Mzerut, like in my case. This is an extreme case that I, I draw, but basically there are many cases like this. So how can you say me that they married each other? Okay, so Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Bonamar. Okay. This is a dispute between Rabbi and Shmuel. The one said they both accepted one halacha. The other said they each... Oh, yeah, okay. The one said... Okay, okay, please keep going. Uh, just finish the mystery scan. It the does. other said that, that each did his own halakha. This leads to mom's root. And you say this? 
God guarded that there never was such a case. Okay, 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 okay. So I have two opinions how to answer this question. The first one says, So what does it mean? They argue long time about it, but at the end of the day, they accepted there is a psak halacha. And even though Bet Shammai wasn't happy that most times the halacha is according to Bet Hillel, they accepted it. They accepted it. They, they, uh, and they say to himself, oh no, I know that they are wrong, but this is the halacha, and after the rabbis decided this is the majority in, the, in their side or whatever, the halacha is according to Bet Hillel, I will accept it. And even my own son and my own daughter, I let him to marry someone from the other group because I accept halacha. Halacha is according to the majority or according to the batkol, never mind, is kebetilel. Or in the other side, when the halacha was with Bet Shammai, it's the same. This is one opinion. Interesting, then you understand that in order that we'll have one people, one nation, we have to, at the end of the day, to have a psak halacha that all Am Yisrael will accept it. And therefore, you have to give up. And Ramban said in one of the cases, even though you believe that it is mistaken, Hashem wants us to, to go according to the majority, and this becomes a kosher. He said, Raman said, how can I eat this meat when I think it's rave? But the Rabbanim, Psakar said it is kosher, they say, Hashem wants you to eat this meat. It becomes kosher because this is halacha. It's to go according to the majority. It's very interesting. Even though you are totally uh, 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 believe that this is rave, you have to eat it if the Rabbanim says that it's kosher. Because this is halacha, to listen to the rabbis. Okay, this is interesting opinion. Ken, Bakasha. So, here's a slight different variation. And forgive me for using the terminology. But let's say a young woman gets married to a young man in the Roman church. Okay? And then she comes back to Yisrael and she gets married under the auspices of the chief rabbi. Was she married in Rome, or was she not married in Rome? Does that have any credibility? It's the same thing, but on a bigger scale. So I would argue, I would be concerned, and I don't know which way you would fall that just because she was married in Rome, under a Catholic or some priest, she was married. May not be under, you, in the rules of our nation, she was married under a different nation, and she had sworn herself to someone else. And you have to deal with that, regardless of what the culture, what nation. Okay, this is a very interesting opinion, but halakhically it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong, halakhically. they they married with someone from, that it is Gentile, are not valid, and actually, it's it's right. It's the wrong thing to do, etc. To to marry without divorce with a with a gentile, but halakhically, purely halakhically, she's not married, and the nisuin to Israel are 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 valid, and and this this is very interesting. It's it's very complicated to 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 explain why. Just, just lastly, I've read, you know, when Napoleon at the beginning of the at the end of the 17th century. Um, 
he, he, gave a, he was the first one that gave emancipation to the Jews. And then he established a Sanhedrin, a, a group, all the rabbis from France will be like the Sanhedrin that it was in the past. They will be the Supreme Court or whatever. And he asked them questions. After we give you, we give you a lot of rights, you are now a citizen of France, etc. Uh, questions about your halakha regarding to us, the Gentiles. Because there are some uh, things in the Talmud that you have to deal with Gentiles in an unfair way, etc. And not may maybe you can cheat them, etc. You ask them many questions about halakha, how do you deal to us? So most of the questions were very easy. They wrote chuvot, they wrote answers, that obviously we are not allowed to cheat you. All the things in the Gemara was that in the time of the idol worshippers, when the, the non-Jews, the Gentiles oppress us and, and they cheated us, etc. Then it was allowed to cheat them back or whatever, and, and to give them money in ribit, in, uh, how do you say ribit, in uh, interest, etc. But in our days, it's, uh, but he asked him another question. Do you, are you going to recognize a civil marriage between a Jewish girl and a, and a French and a Gentile uh, French or, or, the, or the other side, civil marriage with, with, with them. So what was, uh, what was their answer? He say, they said, listen carefully, they said, civil marriage uh, uh, or, or secular marriage or civil marriage, we recognize it from the point of view of the civil law. What does it mean? Means that has not been <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are married according to the law. But they didn't say the end of the sentence, not according to us. So they are politically uh, very careful. They say, yeah, definitely, we recognize it from the point of view of the law, the civil law. But they didn't say the end of the sentence. Definitely, they are not recognized so, by the halakha. So you're not a polygamist. You're not a polygamist if you were married in French civil law and married to someone else under uh, the chief of Yeah? Okay, this is halakha. Okay, never mind. I, I'm, I'm not recommended to do it, you know, but we're just uh, dealing with halakha right now, and I can, I can justify it, but we don't have time to explain what is the idea behind it. Oh, ne never mind. Just put it aside, okay? Because we want to, I, I'm sorry about it. Okay, Sarah, go, let, let's go back to our issue. Because the most interesting answer is the other one. Okay, let's read now the, uh, at the end of this source that you just have read in source number six. This is one opinion said, okay, it's both sides, they accepted the halakha. Okay, and v'chadamar, and the other, the, uh, and the other said that each did his, his own halakha. So the Gemara asks, this lead to mamzerut. And you say this, how can you say that both of them stick to their own truth, but they still, each, uh, they still married each other? It, it cannot go, it cannot, it cannot work. You, you cannot, in Ivrit you say, you cannot eat the cake and it still will be shlema. Uh, you cannot eat the cake and still have it. You know, you cannot say that they stick to their truth, but they still, they still uh, uh, married each other. So what is his answer? God guarded that there never was such a case. What does it mean? What does it mean? This is not halakha, lo bashamaymi. One of the main ideas of halakha is that you don't rely on miracles. And what if, if it did happen? What did they do? They married or not married each other? This is not a phrase of halakha. 
You cannot rely on miracles that God forbid it, it, it didn't happen. And what if it did happen? What is the idea of this Shua? This is one of the most interesting lines regarding this kind of issues. They say something very, very brave and revolutionary idea. He says, it cannot happen. And if it happened, and it comes to the baby, they say, no, no, it didn't happen. But it happened. But you say it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Not always the legal truth is the, the truth. Sometimes the legal truth is, is, is quite of a, a legal fiction. Sometimes the halakha has the power to say, in order to prevent this kind of terrible issues, that you have to relate to the reality as it didn't happen. In order that will be shalom among us, a peace, then we can, we can live together sometimes, even in such a severe issues like mamzerut, like, like mamzerut, you, you have to ignore it in order, be, uh, uh, in order to have shalom among us, in order to prevent this kind of, of, of tragic... Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's offensive, but it gets you where you need to be. So for example, there's a big argument among Orthodox rabbis, if reform... Uh, weddings are valid. Yeah. Now, this is a good example. It may sound offensive to say, reform wedding. It's not valid. What do you just reject it? But they're trying to get out of the product. There wasn't to get. Now there's not going to be an adultery in a Mumser case. So, so one side said, it, 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 it's, not a, it's not a real wedding. So, so would you prefer the side that says, I honor the reform rabbis, and this is a real wedding, yeah. but now there's an adultery in Mumser? No, would you prefer the side that says it's not valid? In order to save a child from being Mumser, you say, okay, I don't, this is not valid, uh, 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 Nisuin. And the fourth. A woman says uh, that she was with. Uh, she this is a best, someone, this is a very. She with someone, and you say, we don't believe her, right? That's in it. Or That's even worse, the worst case, where the most offensive, I hate to say it, uh, a woman is raped. And uh, you have to say you don't believe her. No, in Kohen, if she is married to Kohen, if she is married to Israel, yeah. there's no problem. Yeah. But if she, if she is married to Kohen, He's not allowed to live with her. So you say you don't believe her. So and then you say you don't believe I mean, socially, her. Socially, pastorally, you believe her. Yeah, yeah, you don't believe her. So you prefer the halachic truth in order to prevent these kind of cases. There is a tshuva from Moshe Feinstein, who's a great posseg, that uh, about this case, one woman came to her husband and told her, uh, and she told her that, that she was with someone else, and now she's regret, etc., etc. And he came to the rabbi and said, "Okay, now I'm not allowed. If it was meratzon, if it was uh, with the agreement of both of them, they have to, to divorce." But but she's now chozeret b'tshuva. She know to, to to she she's she's regretting and she wants to come back to her husband. So he tells her he found a way halachically how to justify the idea that we don't believe her. Because there is a notion, someone cannot make himself in a place of being rasha, being, being evil, whatever. Never mind how was the halachic tool to do this, but they, he used a very, very uh, um, uh, legitimate uh, consider halachic consideration in order to save this couple. So sometimes the halacha has a power in order to, to, to prefer the shalom to say you have to ignore it. If someone will come to a Beidin 
all over the world, I think, in Israel or in, in Brooklyn or whatever, in Belgium or wherever, and will say, I know about someone that is mamzer, and you have to know it because he is not allowed to marry. What will be the first reaction of the Dayanim? Go away. We don't want to hear. And this is traditionally the, the, the reaction. We don't, want to, we, don't, we, we don't want to know about it. This is one witness only, not two witnesses. Because one witness, because maybe just a rumor or whatever. We don't want, to, I, we didn't hear it. Sometimes when it comes to a place that you cannot ignore, then it's a very tragic. And then there are many solutions in the We try to solve all the problems of Mamzerut. But main, most of the problems, they don't come to the Bidim because they don't want to hear. And this is traditionally, the, why? By, we are committed to the Emet, to the truth. No, Shalom is bigger. And this is, so, so, so just for example, a, a case that happened in, in Israel about 20, 25 years ago, uh, it was in a Haredi, actually, in a Haredi family. It was an engagement uh, party, and the grandfather of the Chatan uh, uh, told his, his, his story. He was the Holocaust survivor, and he, has, he had a family before the war, and, and his wife, she, she, she was killed in the Shoah, and, and, uh, and, now, and, and now he's so happy that after um, 40, 50, 60 years, it was 50 years later, now his, his grandson is going to the Chupa, and he's very happy about it, and then he tells about his town in, in Europe, in Eastern Europe, and his family that he had, and the, he lost them, and then he rebuilt a family, etc., etc. In the same party, the grandmom of the Kala, she's listening to him, and she discovered that she was his wife. After 50 years, oh, he, he dis she discovered, he, she was sure that he was killed. He was sure that she was killed. Both of them, they built their families. But what does it mean halachically? That all her descendants are mamzerim. Do you understand it? Because she was married, and even though it, it was not, uh, it was Beshogeg, it was, how do you say Beshogeg? It, was, it wasn't intentionally. Yeah, sorry? Unintentionally. But basically, she was a married woman, and she had children from someone else. They are Mamzerim. What we are doing in this case? And the rabbis, it was Haredi rabbis, Haredi Beidin, was the greatest poskim, because he didn't come to the media, they solve it. In a way, it's a very, we spoke about it uh, uh, in our, uh, there is a way in some cases that you can invalid the Kiddushin that they, they have done 60 years ago to find a way to invalid their Kiddushin, the first Kiddushin, and now she is not, and therefore she wasn't married, uh, and therefore their children are Ksherim, they are Mamzerim. I'm just bringing it as, as an example that even today, the Alcha finds ways how to solve this kind of problem, because the idea of shalom is, is, is more important than the idea of the truth. So let's go back to Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. So let's see source number uh, seven. Here we come to the Pasuk that in source number four they quoted as a justification for the tolerance between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. And we come to the Pasuk in, in Mishlei, I will read it in Ivrit, and you will read the English uh, version. And this is our pasuk. So all the ways of a man are clear in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Okay, so please tell me, how from this pasuk they took out the idea of tolerance? 
of respect, respect the other, the, the opinion of the other, although maybe it's a mistake, mistaken opinion. What does it mean? Every, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord, okay, here, the translation, ways of spirits, it's, it's a very literally, what does it mean? Both sides believed, or, or let's say, most people believe that their own way, this is the way of Hashem. But who knows what is the way of Hashem? Just He. We as a human being, we never know. We never know. And therefore, if you take, if you really internalize this idea that you never know if your opinion is the only one that this is the truth. And on the other side, there is someone else that is sure that his way is the, is the right way. If you internalize this idea, you, it always will, 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 will stop you before doing something terrible. Because you say to yourself, how can it be? Okay, I'm very sure that I'm acting in the name of God. But there are other opinions as well. And they, like me, they are so sure about it. We're just human beings. We have to be humble. And to know that, who tells you that just you, a met, is a met? And this is the idea. From this idea, they took out the idea of Bechaman Betilel, how to respect each other. And, and, and this is, I explained this pasuk according to Rashi, but the Vilna Goen, he have even more uh, sharper idea how to explain this pasuk. He says that he doesn't mean that you never know what is the truth. He speaks about the motives. Most people believe, most people believe, I am doing what I'm doing, and I believe in what I believe because of the real issues just because of the, of, the, of the idea, not because of the ego interest or whatever. Everyone believes so. And therefore, say to yourself, let's say that you are 100% sure that you're, you are right and he is wrong. But he is wrong, but he believes, like yourself, that he is doing what he is doing for the sake of the issue, for the sake of Am Israel, of the world, or whatever. And this is a, a, a reason by itself to respect his opinion. Do you know what I mean? It's not, maybe you are right and he's wrong. But he's doing his mistake in a, such a pure way like your, yourself. And therefore, this is by itself a reason to respect him. This is even more, more, uh, more Noah's uh, uh, bold than, than, than Rashi. Rashi says, maybe, you are not the right one. Maybe he's right and you are wrong. The, the Gaon says, maybe you are right. But just the fact, the very fact that as you believe that you are doing it from the right intentions, the other side believes the same way, he's doing what he's doing for the sake of, of, of the Jewish people or, or Eretz Israel or Am Israel or the, or the um, humanity or whatever, you have to respect his opinion for the reasons that, that his intentions are pure, not less than your, yours. Just Hashem knows who is purely Hashem Shamaim and who is not. So let's go to the last sources, uh, source uh, in source number nine. What was the way how they decided about who is Alacha, uh, 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 who is how to be posek Alacha when there are uh, arguments between Bet Shemayim and Bet Okay, Amar Abiyah Amar Shmuel. Okay, source number nine, please. 
For three years, the schools of Shammai and Hillel contended, each insisting that its opinion constituted the halakha. Thereupon, Abad Kol proclaimed, both of them are the words of the living God, but the halakha is according to Beit Hillel. Why then should the Hillelites have been granted the decision? Because they were pleasant and humble, teaching the opinion of both sides, and always stated Beit Shammai's view before their own. Okay. Okay, let's listen carefully to what this is. This is a really a masterpiece. Okay, what, what does it mean, the bat call? What is bat call? What is bat call? How do you translate it? A voice, a voice from heaven. Okay, let's say voice from heaven. Okay, he said, Both of them are the words of God, but how can you say, How can you say both sides are the words of God? What does it mean? Sorry? They are well-reasoned and justified. Well, wh why can you, how can you justify things that are contradict each other? You have arguments for it. You have arguments for yeah, and, and sometimes the reality is, is more is complex. And sometimes it's not black and white. Sometimes there is a truth in this way and in this way too, from different point of views or whatever. But you have to be posek halacha, halacha Although both sides are right, both of them are words of God. But the question is why? And then we ask him, the Gemara said, why Allah is Kebetilel? So what is the answer? Why Allah is Kebetilel? Why? Because Betilel was more humble and uh, they were nice to the other side. And you, they quoted always the other side as well and even put the words of Bechamai before their own words. So what? Why is this is a way, why is this is a reason to justify why is halakha kebetilel? You can say, okay, they're a nicer human being. Okay, say, and therefore they have chelek la'olam haba, gives them gan eden, promise them. Why halakha kebetilel? Why is this is a reason to be posek halakha? Halakha is supposed to be the closest thing to truth. Why halakha kebetilel? Think about it. Why is this is a consideration that will justify to be posek halakha al pi betilel? It, 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 it maintains Okay, so what? I mean, there's a respect that sustains, that, that it's not just that you want the correct conclusion, you want the process to also be... Okay, so one, one, okay, one explanation is what Rav Shmuley is offering that says, according to the truth, I'm not sure that they are closest, closer to the truth than Bechamai, but the process is important by itself, and therefore we respect the process, they are doing the process in a, in a better way, therefore Allah Kebetilel. This is one possibility. Another alternative one. Why Allah Kebetilel? Why the fact that they are humble and they because quote the other side? The huh? Because they're actually closer to the truth. Why? Because they actually listen to the other side first. If you listen to both sides and you come into, you, you, you take the opinion of the other side and then and then you come to your own opinion, so you have a better chance to be close, closer to truth. And therefore, the idea is being tolerant and being respectful to the other side, it's not just a, a good manners. It, it brings you a benefit to be closer to the truth, because you really consider the other side. If you just listen to yourself, you never can investigate the other side. In, 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 you, have, you, cannot, you never can be sure about your own opinion. But if you listen, you are brave enough and humble enough to listen carefully and listen I'm, I'm, I'm not just listening by your ears, just to, to take seriously the other side and to think about it and to wait and think maybe they're right. And afterwards you say what you're saying, so we have a better chance to be closer to truth. And therefore, 
Okay, this is so the second way to, and really the third way to understand this Gemara. This is wonderful. What was the first Makor? We said, Machalokat Lashem Shamaim Sofal It Came. When we're doing the, the conversary, uh, just to the issue itself, without interest, without ego, this is Machalokat, this is the best Machalokat. What the Batkol said, Elu Va'elu Divrelu Mchaim, both sides are the words of God. So think about it. What would have happened if Alcha was a conflict to Bet Shammai? We, today, we would have known just the opinion of Bet Shammai. Why? Because Bet Shammai didn't have the custom to quote the opinion of Bet Hillel. So in a paradoxically way, Halakha ke Bet Hillel in order that we'll know even the, the opinion of Bet Shammai. Because both of them are words of God. So in order that we'll know both sides. Because both sides are the words of God. Because the reality is always not black and white. There is something good in, in all opinions, almost all opinions. And we have to be clever enough and humble enough to understand it. And the four There are three ways how to justify why First of all, there are nicer people and we have to respect the process. Secondly, the maybe are closer to the truth because by listening to the other side, you are closer to. And the third one, the truth is much more complex. If you just forsake economy, if you not listen to the other side, you have just the half of the truth. Because so in order that we'll know the opinion of Bechamite uh, too, because they were quoted the opinion of Bechamite. So let's take, take it. So this idea, I think, it's so important when we speak about this dispute, disagreements to understand that most of the issues that will deal with, think about your life. It can be in the, in the personal life, in the political issues, in, the, in, 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 in family issues, in both of the disagreements that we have, it's not black and white. There is something true in the other side as well. And you think in all, those, all, those, all, the, all, the, all the issues that we'll deal with, in this way, you can develop a real, not just tolerance, but caring about the other side. Because he has a point on the other side. And in most of the things, there is there is something of, of words of God in the other side as well, that you disagree with him. But he has something in his point. You have to listen to his point. And, and, and this is a way that the, this notion of machloket is so important in our tradition. There is no any daf in the Gemara or in the Perik in the Mishnah that you don't have this machloket. This is what is Judaism about, to listen to different ways. And the four of the Torah is so relevant nowadays as well. You always you have questions and, and we have disagreement and we have discussion. But you have to know that Eilu Veled Vroleim Chaim. Obviously, the questions that are not going to deal with, but I just want to, you want to think about it. What are the limits to this idea? You know what I mean? Until where you can stretch it this idea of Eluvel, because Bechamai Betila, okay, both of them are within Beit Midrash, within, in our words, the Orthodox world, we are, are we dealing with the Reform as well, with the Christian as well, with the, what, what is, how far can we take the idea of Eluvel Vrelim Chaim? It's not so easy, you know. There is a, a line, there is a point that you say, okay, until now, I will not say about the Nazis or whatever, Vrelim Chaim, just, just an, an extreme example. But everyone, each of us have his own line, when he, how, how, how far can you take this idea? But this idea basically, 
is, is a light. It should be a, a way that, that direct our life. To understand that in most cases, to see things in, if, if you understand that most issues are not black and white and not all the truth is in your own side, you can be tolerant, you can listen to the other side, you can be like Betilel. And this is basically should be our example to our life. Thank you very much. I'm troubled by the expression they're not black and white. Right. I, I would say and, and I think it's the same thought that's just expressed okay. differently. Uh, I would say they're both well argued, they're both well formed, they both have things you can say in their favor. Okay, but they don't have a point of truth? The other side that you disagree with. The truth comes through the argument. Okay. But first you have to have what to argue for. So you're speaking about the process, but not about the content. You, you disagree with me that I can find in almost in all opinions something that it is true and good and positive? You disagree with me about the law. It's, it's very interesting to me to understand. When you're saying that you don't like the black and white, you're saying that I, I respect the process, but I, I disagree that, that you can find something good, positive in the other opinion. No, no. I, I disagree. I suppose I disagree that it is beyond human knowledge to know what is ah, okay. black and white. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, you, so you have different positions, you argue the positions, maybe there's a merger of the positions to a certain extent, you feel you've made progress. Mm -hmm. Is that white? No. Okay. That's true. No, I agree, I agree. So just a question of expression. No, I agree, but I agree. So basically what I'm saying, what you are saying is the Pasuk of Mishlei, we have to be humble enough to know that we as a human being cannot know what is the truth. Okay. Are you familiar with Karl Popper? Karl Popper, yeah, sure. The philosopher, yeah. Same. Yeah, same. Same basic. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, that's true. Sorry, I, I have two questions. The first one is so I'm reading some Rav Shagar right now, and uh, he's okay. dealing with in post modernity uh, how we understand how far we go with cultural relativism. The notion that we really respect different cultures' notions of truth is different than ours. Uh, and yet, so we don't uh, we don't intervene. And yet, there's some things that are so extreme that we should we we can even though we can justify theirs as true within their culture, um, that we still justify our our response because uh, of the own integrity of our own truth, right? So so like for example, forget extreme cases like genocide. But let's take cases that may also seem extreme but are less than genocide, like female genital mutilation, uh, or human genital cutting, some may call it. Um, or in sex in India, they, uh, they burn widows, right? Uh, it's called Sata or something like this. What are they doing? What are they doing? They burn eat. widows. They burn so widows, yeah. Burning widow process, yeah. So cases like that, where you could say, okay, this may be true within their theology in some sense. He would go that far. But say, I still have an integrity in my own. So I guess do, do you know, by the way, do you know the custom, there is a religion that says that they, in the eighth day you take a, a, a child yeah. and, you, and you cut your, and, yeah. and you sickle them, yeah, yeah, did, did right. you hear about yeah. it? This yeah. barbaric in fact, custom, uh, yes. In, uh, there's a war against that in Yeah, in my, sorry? In Southern California, for example. So I guess my question would be, um, 
maybe this is too abstract of a question, so I'm sorry. But assuming you buy into that premise a little bit, where would you draw the lines? Meaning, let's just take the Haredi example, I, although maybe that's not where we're going. To say like, okay, like, this is also true what you're saying, but like, I, I, for my integrity, I still have to push back against what you're doing, right? Because of what I think is true. Like, how do you view the lines of saying, okay, that's Haredi halakha, let them do their thing, they have their own culture, and let's honor that. And when do we say, actually, this is harmful enough that we have, we have to take an approach negative? So I, no, I, I, no. I, you mean they push back to me? Yeah, clearly sticking down in their head. Oh no, right. No, so, so no, so certainly nobody's talking about violence. Yeah, okay. but to the, I mean, you could, you could imagine a whole bunch of other pushbacks that are. Violent. No, I, I, I'll say, I'll say, we have to be careful. I think one of the lines that we have to draw is which kind of intervene we're speaking about. That, just for example, let's say in the Haredi world, we believe that they treat women in a wrong way. They don't let them to, do, to go to university or whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, so in my eyes, it's a wrong way. So is it okay to try to convince them to change their customs in order to permit women to go to university and to be doctors or whatever, or not? So I, I would say it depends on which kind of intervene. If I'm doing it, and I'm, I'm trying to go to the Haredi world, and I'm here that I'm quite happy about what they have with, and there's no complaints of women about it. Should I try to convince them you don't know what you miss by not doing it? I doubt it. But if you are listening from their community that the women are suffering, then it's different. So you know what I mean? Then different, and even though we have to do it, do it in a very, in, in, a, in a legal way, in a way of, not in a violence, obviously, but, but then if you hear someone is suffering, and he says, please save me for my own culture, then it's okay, in my eyes, to intervene in a reasonable way to change it. But when they are happy, I think, who am I to tell them to change their, their customs? They're happy about it. Who am I to, you know, it's, we have to be humble enough to say, I'm sure that the modern Western women are happier than the Haredi women. I'm not sure about it. So I think we have to be humble about our culture. Although for me it's not suitable this kind of way. In my eyes, it's 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 trouble just to limit women. Uh, this is just an example. There are other things as well. They are, they are not learning uh, in 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 Israel. They are not learning English, math, etc. They. Can, they cannot uh, have a, a profession that they earn a, a, a right salaries or whatever. So, I, and, and therefore they are, they are living in, in poverty. But they choose to do it. And they, both of them are, if they are happy with it, who am I to try to train them? I want to give them the opportunity, maybe even to seduce them, to give them temptations to do it. And, and to say, you know, if you go to university, you can, you can uh, uh, live in, in a stand of life. But to try to push them that they have to do it, I think. Yeah. I, I agree with that. There's a problem with knowledge. And that is, you don't know what you don't know. No, that's, yeah. that's true. So, you know, you, you have this for reading woman who you say is happy. Yeah. Yeah, she's happy because she doesn't know. She does know. know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, but are you sure that just because she does know? Maybe she's happy to have eight children and is quite happy to, be, to stay at home. No, and maybe she'll be happier. Do it. No. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. It's yeah. a problem. Ken Bakasha, please.
what's happening here or in between the Likud, you know, the parties in Israel or the Tea Party here in the U.S., mm. the argument you would be making or um, Bernie Sanders, you would be making the argument to the Bernie Sanders and to the Tea Party that you need to come together and find a compromise for the Shalom Bay. Mm-hmm. In a way, yes, that's true. I think so. No, but he's not arguing for compromise. Sometimes the way to live together is by compromise. Yeah. Sometimes is is is. Hello, can I work it out? Say, yeah. Hello. Yeah. You're the winner. They didn't. Yeah, but that, that's. Um, they have to agree that Hillel is the winner. Yeah, we do. They have to agree. Someone has to agree. Nachon, nachon, nachon. Meaning Shammai is going to follow. Shammai yeah. is going to hold by Hillel. At the end, according to basically, they again after the halacha is kebet hilel, he has to yeah. Maybe he can be machmir upon himself. The rest of society has to follow the law, but Shama is supposed to live by Shama. You say no. Hello, the the shaila. It's a question. It's a question. It's, a, it's an open question. I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about it. Ken, bakasha. Yeah. Yes, it depends on the situation, the context, yeah, yeah. Or to impose on, on the Haredi population, because what's happening is their children don't have any opportunities. And so yeah, that's you, right. say, you impose on them that they have to follow their curriculum. Mm. No, this, this is a question. In Israel, there's a big issue about it, because the government, one of the, one of the ideas is to not to, to support the schools, because they don't have general studies in the Haredi system. And therefore, we, we as a government, want do, do, well, uh, well, don't want to, to support. But because the power of the Haredi parties, we cannot do it, actually. So we fund them. And we know that it's terrible. It's just more and more poverty in Israel. More and more poverty. People cannot. And, but it's a poverty that it's, it's not unlike I, I know, all over the world. Because, you know, they're living in a very small a, a, a flats, a homes, and in a very crowded places, but it's not slams like in, in, in all, all over the world without crime, crime, I'm, I'm speaking about violence, etc. They choose to live this kind of life because they believe I have just to learn Torah and, and therefore I'm living. I'm not speaking about other crime, uh, crimes in, in, the, in the family. It's like all the, all the researchers say this sexual issues in the family, etc. It's, it's like all over the, the segments, but, but crimes like other. A, a woman can go uh, safely in the middle of the night in the Haredi, uh, in the Haredi neighborhoods. No problem about it. And unlike this kind of social, uh, economical uh, uh, degree in other places in the world, is the most dangerous place to go in the night. So it's, it's something that you, 
they choose to do it, but on the other hand, you know, the children, they don't have any chance, and they know they're missing them. And we have another problem, they're not going to the army. We have to defend them, we have to support them, because the government gives a lot of money to help poor people in Israel. We are, we are living in, a, in such a way of, of social democratic system, not like here, that people are living in, in the streets, uh, homeless or whatever. The, we, we prevent this kind of issues, so it's, it's very, very complicated. How far can you go with this, with this tolerance and uh, respecting this opinion when it's an account of many Chiloni people, and not just Chiloni people say, how should I pay so much taxes just in order to help these people that don't want to help themselves? Okay, Lana Tov. Hi, this is Shmuley Yanklowitz. I hope you enjoyed listening to this fascinating lecture. At VBM, we strive to bring you only the best in Jewish educational programming. To do this, we host a wide variety of events throughout our learning season, including panels, classes, and lectures, like the one you've just listened to. Please consider going to www.valleybaitmadrash.org and donating to Valley Bait Madrash to support the expansion of meaningful Jewish education. Thank you so much for listening.